back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. This episode is guaranteed to break your reality because the baddest glitches in the Matrix are back. Join my guests, Nicole and Velo, hosts of Matrix Assassins podcast. Nicole and Velo are truth archaeologists and research paleontologists, just two real girls living in a simulated world, assassinating one dimension at a time. Join us now as we hack the system and discuss new ways to exit and emancipate yourself from the matrix. Welcome, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Love it. Yes, we're emancipating ourselves from the matrix day by day, step by step. I love that. I love that wording too. You, you, like I had mentioned that to me when I was memoing what you guys want to talk about. And you're like, let's talk about emancipating ourselves from the matrix. I'm like, yeah, let's (laughs) let's do that. Let's maybe call this episode emancipate yourself from the matrix. So yeah, absolutely. And that can look so many different ways to so many different people. Like, what does that even mean? And I think it means it, it means so many things to everybody. Um, and as we were talking like offline, just as you feel like you have it figured out in your awakening, you're in another <laughs> matrix that you have to emancipate yourself from. So yes. it's a never ending concept. And it's it, truly, it's just so fascinating to always talk about. Yeah. yeah. It's also really cool. Cause a couple of our guests have been bringing it up unexpectedly. Like it's been a topic heavy on our minds, but we've had at least two or three that have had the same terminology and that are working toward the same end goal. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's definitely awesome. my end goal is to emancipate myself from the yeah. matrix and like anything yes. tying me down and holding me back. So if you guys, it's been two months, this is your second time on the podcast. It's not Ooh. two months. It's been like, it was November that you were on before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like thinking, I'm like, why does it feel like it's been like years? Does it feel like that to you guys? Time is yes. just so distorted in general. I feel like it's been a blur. I, I feel like this weird time warp thing started back in 2017 and it's just, it just keeps going. Yes. And I also feel like I'm ever evolving. I've been five different people since then and I continue. <laughs> I'm, you know, like the other week I lit my, m- lit my entire life on fire and now I'm just transforming again. And yeah, so I feel like it has been a life lifetime yeah. since we've been back on. How did you light your life on fire? Mm. Let, let, come on, let my fire. Let my fire. fire. Um, Let my fire. Yeah. Yeah. So I have been working towards emancipating myself from the corporate matrix, which has been a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. And that is because everybody has a story revolving around money and that stems from childhood trauma and how we really associate ourselves with money because at the end of the day, money is just energy. And how we associate with that can really affect us every day and how we weave ourselves into this world. And so for me, I would like to think that letting go of my corporate job looked super badass. Like I just walk in there, I say, fuck you guys, I'm out. And then I just walk (laughs) out and like, we're done, right? But it hasn't, it hasn't been as beautiful as I had thought, but I did decide to take a leave of absence, which is like a huge step, like knowing where I was a year ago and how scarcity mindset I was and programmed to really like hold on to like this money, because for me, money means safety. And so a lot of the times, like I'll hear on different podcasts, like just quit your job and start all over. And it's really not that easy. And so, um, by taking a leave of absence, I really took that. That was like my first leap. One of my favorite quotes is like, just jump into the abyss and realize that it's a bed of feathers. And so I love that Terrence McKenna. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing it 
And now it's like, I can't believe. Yeah. I just, my whole day, my whole life has just transformed in the past two weeks. So like, like the taking the leave of absence that I picture is you like taking the match and like and lighting it. And then you walk away kind of and like throw that match and it will just kind of probably, you'll never go back. Basically, it's kind yeah. of like that meme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm never going back. Like they think I'm. They, that's yeah. funny too, because it's like they think I'm coming back. And it's yeah. like, nah, bitch. Like I ain't coming back. It's like a it slow. Makes, it's it like makes a me slow think burn. of like the epic leaves. You know, like that one where somebody worked for an airline and they took the emergency exit and they're like, "Fuck you, I'm done." Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like falling like through the air, and it's just like really not graceful at all. But you know what? At least I let go. Yeah. And I'm super excited about uh, excited about that. It reminds me of that meme um, of The Simpsons where he's like just like hiding back into the bush. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yes, I love that like, one. That's, that's me. <laughs> I often feel that way too. Nicole, yes. have you lit any fires lately? Have you burnt anything down? Um, I'm trying to think. Nothing as far as corporate. I've talked about that a little bit. I feel like I'm in a good work life balance, working from home, and you know, just having um, a lot of autonomy in that arena. So of course I don't find myself wanting to do it forever, but for right now, I I think it's been fine. Um, I'm really focused on, I want to really get into like growing my own food and becoming like more sustainable. Um, So I feel like I have a lot prepped as far as like, you know, just the weapons and stuff like that's something I started <laughs> seven bullets, years ago yeah, I have, I have of course she does <laughs> of course but you guys are assassins more... right of course you have <laughs> <laughs> like the night vision all that I have yeah, that yeah girl oh I'm gonna yeah. come to your place with so, yeah exactly. so I'm Same. good there but it's more about um just I don't know like I I just want to have more like emergency food and just like become more self-sufficient being able to like have a garden and like actually like grow stuff and know how to do that so my next project is to learn how to how to build raised beds Ooh. Oh, heck for yeah. the backyard. Yeah. So I'm doing That's that. Awesome. And then the only mm-hmm. other update, I told Vila recently, I totally cut out alcohol and it's been like <gasps> two weeks, which oh is a big deal. Are all three of us sober from alcohol? I think uh, so. Uh, uh, oh my God, yeah. girls, we're badasses. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's been really you're good. sober now. But I didn't pressure you, right? No, not at all. Okay, no. I, I was so good. I like didn't say anything because I don't want to be that yeah. annoying friend you know what I mean yeah for sure no I it's just like you know I felt like it was all right I don't know it just got to the point where I was like why am I like why <laughs> am I poisoning myself even if it's like once or twice a week like I never feel good after I feel like the effects over time have worn off I thought back to myself like when did I even start drinking I was probably 12 so wow. it's been literally like two freaking decades and I was just thinking you know, that's a long ass time. That's usually when disease probably starts for oh. people that are like chronic. So I just decided to just drop it and it's been really good. And I just like, I like being able to see, we've been talking a lot about like finding our baseline again, whether it's like through discovering what it's like to not be on pharmaceutical drugs anymore. And I feel like by having, you know, by not having alcohol anymore, even if it was only once or twice a week, you're starting to like reestablish that natural wow. baseline. So it's mm-hmm. been really cool. This is amazing. Like Seriously, just like amazing that the three of us don't drink alcohol anymore because it's it is such a part of our culture. Yeah, it's just like it's almost like I remember like just start like I went to rehab in my 20s. And so I came out and was sober for like six months. And I remember going to the bar for the first time in college and being sober and just feeling so out of place and just so weird because everybody drinks and you're just like, and you know, it's almost like you got to just hold like a glass of water or something. So yeah. people stop asking if they can buy yeah. you a drink. It's a huge adjustment, but 
basically for me, I got sick of getting hangovers and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my I'm gosh. making myself sick. Yeah. It's like the benefits aren't really outweighing the costs anymore. You know, it's totally. like, obviously it's fun to be tipsy. It feels good in the moment, but it doesn't last as long. And it just feels like as you get older, your body just doesn't process it as well. So I'm, I'm, I just hit that wall and I'm like, I'm over this. It's not serving me. Also like being awake in this world is kind of like the same thing as being the sober one, the only sober yes. one at a drunk party. <laughs> so Do you know what I mean? It's and so it's terrifying like to be like, what, you know, this drunk party is essentially the world and you're the only sober one. And that's how it feels like to be awake in the matrix and, yeah. and looking and finally being like, what is going on? Yeah. And I think it, takes it to another level of like having this understanding of like how society is meant to weigh us down and keep us down for people that want to get sober. And maybe the motivation is like, oh, I don't really want to be healthy. Maybe the motivation should be like, well, there's a whole system meant to keep you down and weigh you down and make you miserable as fuck. And it's manipulating you. And maybe that might be a reason for some people to want to get sober. But I also want to like kind of sit and just think about like what Nicole just said about like finding our baselines. Our nervous systems are being hijacked every single day and they've been hijacked for such a long time that we don't understand the difference between true anxiety and false anxiety. The process, right? Wow, I needed to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, true anxiety is meant to save our lives. True anxiety is that inner compass that's meant to tell us you shouldn't be here. This isn't right for you. You need to pivot and go left. This job isn't working for you. That's when you start, to, or even in relationships, this person is is giving me a bad vibe. And that's when true anxiety starts to come out and it's meant to help us. It's not a freaking chronic illness. It's not a mental health disease. But what happens is, is that we're being hijacked and our nervous systems are being hijacked to all of this false anxiety, caffeine, drinking, being on pharmaceutical drugs to ease the anxiety that actually gives you more anxiety long-term, withdrawal effects, intermittent withdrawal effects, drugs, alcohol, I mean, the whole thing. Even when we're watching television, we're being programmed, like those frequencies are affecting us. Our thoughts, for the most part, aren't even our own thoughts. They're programmed for us to think a certain way. That's why when you're on social media, you honestly feel like shit afterwards because you're just you're not being impeccable with your consciousness and you're not protecting that and so everything is just seeping in and so to be able to look at getting sober from a different lens and really understanding that detoxing your body and detoxing your mind is so important for you to find your baseline so you can actually find what your purpose is in life so if you're you know listening to this podcast and you feel stuck and you don't know what to do or you feel like something isn't right or you're unhappy, clean up your water, like first thing, or just try to detox your your body. Because once you start to like let your nervous system actually find its true like baseline and you can shift through that, like your life is going to begin because you can start to feel your own body again. Wow. Yeah. Amen, sister. Yeah. Yeah. Totally all I like. I, I could say like a million things to what you said. I mean, I took used to t- get anxiety and take a clonopin and just numb it like automatically. Girl, I was on clonopin for six years. And we, that's wild. Like I mean, that is literally like so daily, insane. Like daily, clonopin? daily. Wow. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Every I night. Just, I girl, had you to got take a it. lot. You lo- You got a lot. I would. I would have loved that. I mean, Did they gave you- me my. You know, I probably got. Well, I probably got thirty. 
pills a month of clonopin. I got 30 pills a month. Right. Yeah, what am I saying? Like, yeah. I was I was diagnosed bipolar. They give you everything. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting because you're really supposed to only be on clonopin for like two to four months tops. Doesn't right. Because lead, your tolerance. Can lead to Alzheimer's or something? Like oh, that? it can lead to all of those suffer. things. Yeah. It can lead. And I remember because like your tolerance gets so high that you take an extra one. I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was addicted to clonopin. I was highly dependent on it. I wouldn't take it in the day. I needed it to sleep. Like I really, really needed that to sleep because I was taking all of these other things to hijack my nervous system and to fight or flight. And so the only thing that I thought could help me was this clonopin. Um, So yeah, I was like two, I think I got up to like two milligrams. And so you only get 30 pills, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would take an extra one. And so by day 27, day 26, I was out and I was in pure panic for three days, right? Because like you have to stay on it. Which is the total opposite. I was like, why am I even taking this? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was there, did either of you ever have like any kind of intuitive hesitancy toward taking pharmaceutical drugs when, when they were prescribed? Yeah. No. (laughs) I had major, major actually. Okay. I did. But when I got diagnosed, I mean, I'd taken antidepressants a few times. I never liked doing it. I was always against, I never even like took like, um, pain pills or anything like that. I've never done MDMA. There's all these things I wouldn't do or touch. But when I got was so when I was suicidal and got checked into the psych ward, um, that's when they diagnosed me in 10 seconds, bipolar. Mm. And I was so miserable in that moment that I was like, whatever you want to give me, I'll take it. And Mm. I remember thinking this voice in my head, which is probably a demon to tell me this. (laughs) You smoke enough pot. You shouldn't care about taking any other pills. It was like, you do all these things, Kara. Why don't you take these pills? Take these pills. And, And so I started doing it and I just... I got to the point of taking, I was taking like 20 pills a day mm-hmm. prescribed yeah. to me. And um, yeah, no, no, I had major hesitancy and I still did it. And like I said, 30,000 pills I never needed, like super sick, had to totally find my baseline after that. And finding your baseline after being on hardcore pharmaceuticals, mood stabilizers, anxiety pills for 10 years is scary because you're feeling all of a sudden and you're basically like, it's like swimming without your, your raft and everything yeah. you're feeling everything. Everybody is like, people would be like, get back on the pills. You need to get back on the pills. And, you're hard <laughs> to be around. and I'm like, try being yeah. me. Like I'm just a really intense person and I'm having to do this alone. But yeah. Have you ever done, yeah. taken pills? Yeah. Anything? So in high school, um, you know, my, my mom put me into therapy like right away. Mm. Just Cause okay. Yeah. Wait, but wait, which is crazy. <laughs> Her mom put her into therapy. Do you know who her therapist was? Your dad, right? My stepmom. Stepmom. Oh, yes. And I did go to your dad, I think, once or twice. um, Right. Just briefly. But yeah, I had been on different antidepressants, but I always, I never stayed on them long. I think I had that that hesitancy and I realized like immediately these aren't doing what they're supposed to do. So I would give it like a month or two and then I'd be like, this isn't, this isn't working. So they'd switch me to something else. And I gave it three tries. And by the third time I was just like, this shit doesn't do what it's like supposed to do. So I finally was able to convince my mom that like, I just 
didn't want to be on medication. Like it wasn't doing what it's supposed to. And I feel like that's always the excuse that's given. It's like, oh, well, we'll just put you on something else. or we'll try something else. or we'll adjust it. And then people just like accept it, you know, cause they're, you know, like, it's like, you're going to the doctor, they're the expert. They're supposed to know the dosages, but I feel like I just hit that bullshit meter where I was like, if this isn't working after the third time or after they've tried adjusting it so many times, like, it's just not, it's just not the solution. You have so a good bullshit like, meter because you, yeah. you've been awake a long time too. So that, yeah. yeah. So I think that was maybe part of it, but it was just, I don't know. So yeah, I, I had tried it. Like I did have anti-anxiety ones too. So even in college and later on, um, sometimes I would get like a Xanax prescription, but I kind of had it as like, oh, if I absolutely need it. So they would, you know, they would do the whole thing where they only put like 10 in there. It wouldn't even be like a full month supply. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, oh, well, if I absolutely need it, I have it. And then I would never take it. Like, it was just one of those things where I was like, I know that this isn't going to be like the panacea, you know, but at least it's there (laughs) if I need it. And it it was comfort of just having it. Yeah. Yeah. That was sort of how it worked for me. And I, I don't know. But no, Talking about no, baselines, no. I ha- I want to mention that like I, you guys know I smoke a lot of pot. I, I think oh yeah, you'll know that you had it. You were doing yeah. um I yes. yeah. So I wanted to see how far how long I could go and um how long I, did you make it? I made it three days, but okay, gone longer. Uh, my com- I, I did this competition with Float, who I co-host. Um, I can't believe it's news with, and he conceded first. So, so you won. I won. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I could have gone longer. The thing was, is I thought it. Honest, I'm be honest. I'm just be honest. I hadn't like probably taken a day off of smoking pot for like a year. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's not good. Like that's all, not that it's not good, but like when you're talking about finding your baseline, like I was letting that weed just become a part of me, and like I was, mm-hmm. right. I'd wake up and just smoke, and then oh, I'll smoke later and I get a break, and just, just you don't really think about it. You're just doing it, but taking that break was actually like. It was really easy. I was shocked. I just like, I was like, keep myself busy. And even, I was like, I don't even really need this. And since I did that, I found my baseline. You're saying this. I love that you're saying this because now I'm like, I don't even need, I've been going basically the last three days, barely maybe smoking like one, two joints. And like, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's reestablishing the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it goes back to just being able to find your inner compass and like, what you're hearing is that you or is that the substance or is that everything combined and just being able to filter that through and that doesn't mean like yeah if you want to drink drink if you want to eat processed Mm -hmm. food eat processed food but everybody should have the right to be able to find their baseline and I just yeah I don't know ever since I found mine I've been like it's almost like another high for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just like this mental clarity that I never thought that I would be able to have like the fact that you know I can sleep 10 hours a night and not get up and not be on anything is freaking wild solid 10 out you sleep a solid solid yes yes but it's also like go to bed and you don't wake up till the next morning to the next what morning. A blessing. Yes, but I never I mean, I I don't even know how much money I've spent on Zquil. Like I used to just <laughs> pop Zquil before the Clonopin, I just like pop so many Zquils, like sleeping aids, melatonin, like everything. It takes time, but I think one thing that I started implementing uh was just like a legit nighttime ritual. Ooh. Like I'm excited to go to bed because I have like my most like amazing comfy 
jammies of all time. I have my emotional support water bottle. You know, that I'm like, oh my God, this is the best emotional support sippy adult baby cup. You guys, I got, um, I'll have to send you the link so you can put it in the show notes. I'm literally not affiliated yeah, with this, yeah. but this, I'm not even kidding you. I'm underplaying this. This changed my life. And I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. I need all so the emotional support I can get. How does it this work? Is an, like, how is it it's, different? It's, pure magic. I don't know how it works because it's from another realm of ethereal greatness and goodness. But basically it's like, it doesn't spill and it's thermal and yeah, I'm one hydrated bitch. That is for sure. The straw. Okay. That's another thing is like, you know, we always talk about water and how we should drink more water, but it's also like how, how to implement these types of habits. Like it's not easy to just drink more water, but if you have a straw, it's so fucking easy. Yeah. So anyways, I'm just going to put no, I love this it. I love that we your podcast Matrix Assassins. You have an uh, episode on how to be optimally hydrated. You have an episode on big alcohol. I love it. I want to we're going to go through and talk about different topics about okay. all sorts of episodes you've had, but I just love that immediately we jump right in and we're covering the stuff cuz I want my friends, I my let's be friends listeners to come to your podcast and check it out because it's such I just want it's such a great platform and I just love what you guys are talking about on there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we love conspiracies. We love to sit and just talk about rewritten history and counterculture and all of those things. Exactly. Culture. Yeah. And one thing that we also like to do is like, okay, now that we have this information and now that we know this, like, how can we implement this in our day to day lives to make our lives better? Because it's not just enough to like sit around and talk about conspiracies because again, like that's almost not better than talking about, you know, e-entertainment or, Mm -hmm. you know, celebrity gossip. It's like the mm -hmm. same thing. So it's just a matter of like, you know, if you come and listen to our show, it's about, okay, we now are learning these things, but what are little things we can do throughout our day to make, to up-level our avatars? And emancipate ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes, girl. Nicole, were you going to say something about celebrities or gossip? <laughs> the magazine? Oh, no, just yeah. about the conspiracy piece. Like, we love it. It's, you know, obviously, like, a huge interest. But there's only so much you can get into. You know, like, there's always going to be a conspiracy. And obviously, like, we'll always want to cover it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, how do you live in a world amongst all this information? Like, you you know, like, you can become a conspiracy expert. But where is that going to lead? So I think we like to really focus on the solutions and ways to kind of mitigate what we learn you know it's not just about like knowing it and endlessly covering it it's kind of like well what are the solutions and like how do we break out of it yeah no I love that I mean I'm thinking about like you recently you know quitting drinking and velo quitting how long have you not been drinking oh longer like about I've been I think like nine months I could have had a baby by now (laughs) (laughs) I always think in terms of that like nine months oh crap I like could have birthed a human it's significant but like yeah we talk about you know you learn about these rabbit holes when you're waking up in these conspiracies and stuff and like you guys like did that podcast uh, calling out big alcohol talking about that and it's like once so it's like you're learning about it but then look at how it's changed your life nicole it, you're mm-hmm. not drinking now that we got learning about all that stuff has to you know you could just get be like oh man this is awful i know this is killing me but i'm still gonna do it and oh i'm letting spirits and i'm still gonna do it i've learned all this stuff but you're like no i'm gonna take that and then shift it and change my life and emancipate myself from that thing mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. that i love it 
It's like the full embodiment of what Matrix Assassins is. We can't have a show called Matrix Assassins and not assassinate the fuck out of the Matrix. You know what I mean? Like just wouldn't make sense. And so it's great to see how far we've come. We've had the podcast for a year and how like congratulations. Thank you. And how different our lives are and like what they're going to continue to unfold and look like. You know, we we don't know, but we're excited. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, even I started Let's Be Friends last May in 2021, and it's just like totally like it's just totally pivot. I've changed so much. Like we were talking at the beginning, like once you wake up out of one matrix, you find yourself in another. You get up out of one yeah. rabbit hole, you lift oh, your head, yeah. you think you're to see the ground and you're just in another maze. And it's never ending this awakening. And and this, you know, my podcast has just been evolving mm-hmm. as I've been evolving so yeah, it's, 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 it's awesome to have a, like, I started this podcast cause I wanted to talk to people about my awakening. It was hard to find people that want to talk about conspiracies who <laughs> want to talk about DMT and encounters with plant medicine and transhumanism and human design and pain matrix and all these things. And that don't want to just call me crazy. And it's just like, and it's a real, I, I love the podcast community. I love what it offers us and it brings us all together and it helps us assassinate the matrix as you guys are doing and emancipate ourselves from this place. Because once you wake up, it's what you learn is pretty dark. It's not mm-hmm. like, I don't know anybody. I mean, you know, I always think of the matrix movie where the guy eats the steak again and just makes the deal with the Smith and just goes back in. I mean, mm-hmm. I've thought about it, you know? I don't even know if it's possible now at this point. Like I've thought about how it would be, maybe it would be easier to not know these things, but now that we do, it's like, you can't really undo it. Yeah. That's what I've come to. Once you see, you can't. Unsee. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's talk about one of your most recent um, podcasts. You had champ back on, you've had it on twice. He's the creator of the 5d awakening, um, the great awakening map. He's 5d awakening consciousness online. And you guys <laughs> talked about DMT and I love DMT. Have you ladies both done DMT? Do you want to talk no. about it? No. no I'm still waiting for like the homeless man to be like, hey, you want to hit this DMT <laughs> I then? Mean- <laughs> I know he's out there somewhere. But yeah. Just waiting for you to walk by. Yeah, I haven't run into him yet. Well, I, I've heard and I can't prove anything, but don't we have DMT in our bodies all the time? I think, I think so. Have, I think we have the receptor. The receptor? Um, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know like all the biochemistry of it, but yeah, I've, I mean, I think we've covered it in the episode. Um, it's something that I guess is experienced at death. I thought that maybe it was at birth too, but Champ was saying he wasn't sure if it. I've actually, heard it's both birth yeah. and death. And mm-hmm. what I mean, I've heard, this is what I've heard right. is that it's, it's dimethyltryptamine and it's this chemical that we naturally produce in our pineal gland, which is like the third eye, that whole mm-hmm. area up there. And and when you're born and when you die, you get like a rush of it. If you have a near-death experience, you get a rush of it. And if you hit a, some on a pipe because you want to blast off this world, you get a rush of it. And <laughs> I did it once and I blasted off completely. Like, completely What was dead. your experience? Did you hit it twice? I actually, so like the correct dose to take was like 0.006 or something so small. And you, we like, you know, you, you drop it into a rig and you hit it and it's it just like evaporates. And I was like, I have always had a very low tolerance to psychedelics. I trip really easy. I'm, I'm just like naturally, I don't know what else to say, but really psychic. Like I channel yeah. astral project, I'm, all that stuff. These occultists are trying to do. I naturally do. I never <laughs> tried. I just did it. And it must, must be nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been intense. And so uh, part of my, mem- my memoir talks all about this. Um, but so I was like, when I do this DMT, like some friends had gotten some and I was, they were, I was, 
there when they were doing it and they did it. And then they're like, you do it, you do it. And I was like, nah, I'm like, oh, okay, I have to. And so I was like, I'm just going to hit, like, I asked to just have a half dose and I only hit like half of it. And I bla- I fell backwards and I blasted out of my body, astral projected completely out of my body. Like basically you just, you leave your body. You know what it's like if you've left your body. Like, you know, like astral projection is not just closing your eyes and seeing things. You leave your body. And I went and I fell through these tunnels that I had seen on, on many of my psychedelic trips, these colorful tunnels. And, um, and I fell through it really fast. And then I was in outer like blackness. It looked like out, outer space, we might think. And I saw Ganesh appeared and then Buddha appeared. And these are guides yeah. that have come to me a lot. I didn't realize I was uh, summoning them. But anyways, I didn't realize a lot of what I was doing. I'm going through a lot. Right okay, now. wait, I'm, hold on. Let's yeah. Let's pause. So like when you mean <laughs> you didn't realize you were summoning them, do you mean like by taking DMT, you feel like oh, you were summoning that. them? No, no, no. Or like opening that. up a portal? Okay. No, like I'd been working with <clears throat> Buddha and Ganesh for like probably 10 years. Like I didn't mm. even realize it. And like, like Ganesh appear, like Buddha started appearing on my mushroom trips. Like I would see Buddha. He would, I literally like just have my eyes open and like the spirit world would expose to me and I, he would come out. I would see like Buddha, you like uh like those things you would see like you guys post a lot of pictures of and so like just champ is like those who's that artist Alex Gray kind of thing would come out and, oh, Buddha, right. and I knew it was him and I like my mom had always had oh I just got this flash in my head this Buddha statue and when we'd always rub its belly when we were little I didn't really know who he was I didn't know anything no one talked to me about God or anything like, I didn't go going to church none of it like I knew nothing I was just like riding this world like I'm just doing psychedelics for fun but Buddha just started coming into my trips and talking to me and communicating with me and teaching me a lot. And in my life, and like I said, I'm a seer, I'm a natural channel. I didn't realize any of that. I thought everybody like had like connections with these. <laughs> that was like people. the norm. Yeah. And then Ganesh started coming to me, came out of, I was like tripping on mushrooms once I'm looking at my friend and her face turns into Ganesh. And I didn't know who Ganesh was. I just see this elephant face and 10 eyeballs start floating around her head. And then a hundred eyeballs just start popping out. And I left this world. Like I can, I've left, I can move dimensions. I can do all this stuff, crazy stuff. It's real. Like all that map, like stuff, like on the 5d map, it's mm-hmm. all awakening Mac. It's all real. And so I was really, so Buddha and Ganesh were like my top guys, like, you know, without realizing it. And so when I did DMT, it was no surprise to me that they showed up immediately. Once I came through those tunnels, they, they came in and I like just swirled in and showed themselves to me to, I felt to comfort me. Cause I love, I still love them. I'm not like afraid of them. I'm going through a big awakening where I'm wondering about where they come from, what everything is like, it's a lot, but I never felt anything bad from them. But then after that, I ended up being complete energy. And I, I looked over my shoulder and I have a whole chapter in my memoir about my DMT trip. It's very detailed. Um, I even wrote a song called DMT on my album about this trip. But I like look over, I'm in the energy field and I had completely left my body and I had become one with this energy. And this like blob comes up and goes, well, here you are. Because I had always been wondering my whole life, like I think I was probably 20 or 33, 34 years old when I did DMT. I'm 39 now. And I had been wondering my whole life, what is this? Like, what is this? Like something's going on. Like I can move my arm. How am I moving my arm? Like I just always been a deep thinker, but never had anybody to talk to it about. And so literally when I did DMT and that I left my body like that and I went out, I, I knew there was more to this than just this life. Like it was this confirmation that I've been looking for and it completely changed my life. You are not the same after doing something like that. Like you, and I think it it could be very powerful for people that like are 
have terminal illnesses or terminal diseases or have fears of death because you do this and it just like it changes everything but yeah it, it um definitely highly recommended but at the same time it's not for everybody it will find you that homeless man. if you're ready yeah. that yeah. homeless man holla yeah. yeah yeah and that's what champ says in the episode too it's like you are literally <clears throat> to have this type of non this fearlessness where you are going to the edge and the brink of death and then you get pulled right back in yeah um, it's pretty wild yeah that was a really cool episode and i mean we even he told us so much more too like after we finished recording that i wish the audience could have listened to yeah i've learned and like actually like good advice actually float told me he's like always start recording right away even before you start and just keep recording until people leave because you can you'll edit it and all that but because the best conversations often happen once you hit end Mm -hmm. literally so true so true it could be good B-sides too, you know, to offer as like, I just, I've like, thought about bonus, that, bonus right? Thing. Like a bonus thing, or I think, um, I don't, I forget who does that, but yeah, I mean, definitely something to think about because always when you end the podcast, you're like, okay, bye. And then you hit end recording and then it's like this just awkward, like, ooh. Yeah. We always hope that the person won't just leave. Like, don't oh, hang up. Like, yeah. this is a fake bye. This is just a fake yeah. goodbye. Oh, I used to always do that. Forget just, I, I'd start telling people. after I hit end, stay on, stay on. Mm -hmm. And I'll say goodbye to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You learn, you live, you learn. Yeah. Cause you go, as you start podcasting, you get better. Like I used to like tell my boyfriend, cause when I'm at my house, that's where I podcast. Like you got to stay in your office and be totally quiet and like, don't make any noise. And now I'm just like, you know, you can move around and do whatever. Like, or if you guys need to go to the bathroom, you can do that. Like I can edit it. Like it's all good. Mm -hmm. Totally. We, um, do you edit your own podcast? I do. I do everything. Okay. I, I don't yeah. edit Let's Be Friends much. This is pretty just raw, unless there's something I like a guest says they want out or like a dog barks or I say something. I'm like, oh God, what did I say? I have the yeah. power to remove that. Um, but I just started a not I have three girls, I have three podcasts now. I'm insane. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know about the third one. Yeah. So what's you, the third one? The, so I've got I can't believe it's news that I coast with Float Universe. Yeah. And it's just we just shoot the shit basically and talk about all we, we say we're going to cancel ourselves before culture can cancel us we don't really care what happens with the podcast we just want to say things but then i just started not so secret societies with i saw friend. that yeah, oh, yeah okay. right that's cool yeah. yeah and that's basically if you like celebrity gossip or you did it's like totally like the conspiracy side of celebrity gossip and like calling out the societies and stuff and i edit that a lot I put a lot of sound effects in there. I put a lot of clips and stuff in there. I'm hoping it doesn't like get taken down because I'm doing that on some of the clips. But um, mm, yeah, I mean, as long as it's royalty free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sometimes it should be though, okay. like I'll like um, clip like like video like uh, a, a YouTube of Kanye going on a rant. Oh, I love yeah. Kanye. I do too. Mm-hmm. I have well, a soft spot yeah. for him. I have a soft spot I, for Oh, him. I've always just loved him so much. Um, that whole uh it's on netflix but um his new documentary have you seen it no oh my gosh genius oh my gosh yes it's please go watch it you it's on netflix yeah it's on netflix yes yes i was thinking about canceling netflix but i haven't because i know that you've been using my Netflix. oh my gosh (laughs) have you seen the horrible things i watch on there I'm always like, no. oh my gosh, she's going to judge me so no, hard no, for no. all the reality no. TV is like my first love. Like I don't have many vices, you guys. Like I can't smoke weed. I can't do yeah. the drugs anymore. I'm not drinking. So like, please just like, give, give me my, re- give me, yeah, give me, give me my really shitty reality. Tell reality us, TV. tell us your, like your 
viciest show. I watched the celebrity show once those reality where they went to an island and went on dates. I can't remember what it was called, but I just want to throw that out there. I've totally done it too. What's yours? What's your both of you? I'm gonna oh my gosh. Anything reality TV, real housewives. Um, 90 day fiance is just <laughs> a pure mm, chef's kiss. So good. And honestly, I I truly believe that I have such an affinity for reality TV because I'm such a voyeur. I like to like pick apart different types of psychological mental health disorders on is this television. Because your mom is a your mom, right? Is a psychiatrist. <laughs> my, my dad, yeah. My oh, dad is a psychiatrist. Yeah. So my dad is a psychiatrist. My stepmom is a psychologist. And so when I grew up, my mom like wasn't in my life at all. So it really was like, I was raised by my dad who was a psychiatrist. And that was just like, I kind of how you were mentioning, like you didn't know anything else. Like I always analyzed people and people's behaviors and like Freudian and all of those things. Like I would talk about with my dad and, and psychoanalyze everything. And so that's a huge part of my life. And I do it in public and I've realized like I have a staring problem and people are like, what is this bitch doing? Like staring. So reality TV is where I can chill and I can like pick apart people. And that is my, they don't know you're staring at them. Yeah. Right. And that is like my sick vice, I guess. Nicole, yeah. what's yours? What's your show? So, what show? <laughs> I I don't know. I never really got too much into it. I also feel like I do the same when I do see them. Um, but during COVID, one that I liked that I think ended because of COVID, it was called something like I'm in love with a mama's boy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I liked it because it showed like the narcissistic moms and like how they would be so crazy with the girlfriends and all that and like how it would like wreck the relationships. Um so that was the one and then yep. just recently like I don't have one right now but for some reason the tv was on and it was on um the hoarders one and like oh, I don't uh. I don't binge it but that particular day I think it was last weekend like on a Saturday I watched like three in a row but I can't see myself like going back to it it was just sort yeah. of like in the moment I like watched a few of them but I don't know I do appreciate it I just don't yeah. have one that I like go to all the time yeah yeah I've yeah. definitely like in in the last two years, just my relationship with TV's changed. Like I used to sit in mm-hmm. Netflix and chill and binge and get real, like a show would come out and I'd watch it all in one night and just like get stoned and eat. And now yeah. I'm just like, I can watch like a 30 minute show, maybe like a righteous gemstones. I've been watching that. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, it's hilarious. Show. Yeah. It's like making fun of mega churches, mm-hmm. which is this real, you, we need to do, we need to call these pl- people out, which I'm doing on the not so secret societies podcast. We call out, uh, called out Joe Olstein recently. Um, but, uh, is he from Hillsong? I don't know if he's he's not from Who Hillsong, I, okay. but Hillsong's been in the news lately. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's big time. It's, it's wild. Like, like I've you know I'm I'm a new believer in Jesus Christ. Like I know, yeah, yeah. Like I am. Like he came into my life last spring. It's been a huge and and honestly, I realized you're talking about this nine month stuff. Jesus came into my life like last May, and then. December 5th, nine months later, I joined my first Bible study and started reading the Bible, opened the Bible for the first time in my life. I have a degree in literary interpretation and had never had completely avoided the Bible, just like was totally repulsed by it. And I believe it's all by design because I've been reading it and I love it. It's crazy. Like I love, I love what I'm learning in it, but, um, I'm just also, you know, is really pulled away from Jesus and God in that manner. And, 
honestly, Christianity in general, because of this mega church stuff, these Joel Olsteins, these Hill songs, like, you know, all of that. There's a lot of false light out there by design in by design. Yeah, people away. Yeah, it's always fascinating if people can believe, you know, that snake energy is crawling up your spine and (laughs) aliens from the fifth dimension are coming. Like, is it that big of a deal to believe in Jesus Christ? Like, what is, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that wild. It's not that wild. But it's interesting to see the programming that has gone on against Christianity. And it's very profound when you bring up Christianity. What is the thing about the Bible, Nicole, um, that it is like divinely protected? Like one argument. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I think there's been people that have said, um, you know, like why, why hasn't it been eliminated from history? Like why does it always end up making it through these different historical time periods where there would be dictators that completely tried to abolish it. And, you know, like normally the church would like go underground or they would find ways around it. And it's because it is divinely protected. It's in Revelation. Um, yeah. Literally, I studied Revelation. Right. It was the first book my Bible study was studying. It's literally in Revelations. I want, I wish I could pull out my Bible and quote it right now, but I, I don't mm-hmm. have it ready. But literally there's a thing in there. God's like, if you touch this book, if you change oh, yeah, in this book, like you are turn, you are going to, to internal damnation or like it's a huge It was something thing. like don't like never add or subtract yes, from exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's wild it's wild right yeah and, and also it, it always kind of blows my mind how like people are so apt to believe in like state you know like the satanic stuff and like satan and stuff but then like the flip side you know and either god or jesus and it's like oh no well that's not real but satan is so it's kind of like well why is satan real then if the others are <laughs> exactly you know? and like it's like well no i don't believe in god i'm not gonna go for that but it's like you guys you need to know that like the people running this world they believe in god's a lowercase God or like the Satan, the satanic stuff, like they, they're not believing in the highest, the high, the God that, that we believe in. But like, it's important to know that like people like this world, like got it. Like this is cause I really think like it's at the bottom of the rabbit hole for me was God was mm-hmm. the Bible was Jesus Christ was, and it's been giving me all the answers. It's wild. Like I literally was in rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole all by design. I believe when you learn about, um, Alice in Wonderland programming mm-hmm. and all the trigger was follow the white rabbit and um, going into a rabbit hole, all this stuff. I believe it's there to kind of get you trapped and I, it's dark. It's really dark. It's and, so dark. Yeah. So dark. Yeah. It's so dark and it's so prevalent in a lot of, I mean, the world that we're kind of in and podcasting in this conspiracy community, you would kind of think that, how do I say this in a good way? <laughs> nothing is as ever as it seems right like when we got into this space we kind of thought that you know people would be a different type of way and and what you realize it's like it's all kind of like the same um if that makes any sense and so yeah I totally nothing agree. new under the sun that's ecclesiastic nothing new under the yeah. sun is it ecclesiastic it is because i'm studying yeah. it right look now. at you i'm so <laughs> happy wow it, that's so exciting isn't it also so funny how you start like once you've gotten into it and you do start studying it and you start to know more of it that you start hearing it just casually said and people don't even realize that it's coming from the bible like when people say the writings on the wall you know and all these little 
clip phrases like that. It's just so funny to recognize like, oh my God, this is where it comes from. Yes. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, I got really into like kind of a new age sort of thinking like I was, I thought, because I, I'm a seer, right? I thought I've seen grays. Like I've seen my, I've seen my friend's head turn into a gray. I've seen Lyran's these, I don't know what they are. I don't have any answers. That's part of what I had to learn. But I saw that and I thought it was aliens. I, but I didn't realize this is just a spirit world or, you know, that, that this was what it was. I mean, I don't not saying I have like the total answers on this, but like what happened was I kind of got hooked into this sort of project blue beamy. I don't know if you guys have heard of project blue beam before. Have you heard of project blue beam? Uh, yeah. I have, like yeah. This, like- okay. It's basically like, yeah. Like it's, a, so it's like, en- it's, it's a couple, I was reading like about- engineered holographics that yes. are going to come from the sky. And we're going to yeah. think like, Oh gosh, this is Jesus coming again. Yeah. And depending like- on like where in the world they'll put the, pre- the predominant religion or God. Right. Like, yeah. And, it, will be- yeah. and it's like bringing out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's all, we totally. And, um, but like, I kind of got into this, like thinking that, um, like I was hearing things like, oh, there's 144,000 light workers. Well, now I'm reading the Bible. Actually, in Revelations, God talks about the 144,000 kind of like ones that he's, I don't remember what he says, but that he's his chosen ones kind of, right? Or like his pure. It's I like, can't... yeah, they're going to be here at the end, um, you know, at the end after the church has been removed. So there's technically like no more um, Christians um, but these 144 are almost like in a sense, like you could equate them to light workers because they're going to be spreading the gospel at a time when it's no longer like being spoken of and it like right. helps others come to it at that time. Yeah. I, I, but like you're saying, when people say things and they don't know that it's cover on the Bible, like, and all these things I was kind of learning, like even the concept of new earth, I was like kind of do- going into this new age concept of new earth but then i started reading the bible well god's gonna bring us a new earth after yeah, the, revelation like i was the like, millennial take- kingdom yeah i was like did they take yeah. that it's just the whole like, concept of think people inversion taking nothing new under the sun yeah and mm-hmm. everybody taking inversion things. yeah inversion exactly gosh mm-hmm. i love that you girls are we can have this conversation because we're so versatile yeah yeah you're real assassins <laughs> truly like because old Kara like I love to say old Kara's anytime I've abandoned an old way of thinking I wouldn't even she wouldn't say the words Jesus Christ I literally couldn't say that comfortably <clears throat> which is, I think is very interesting I would say oh he never lived and Bible's just total myths but I'm absolutely going to believe them Satan exists and aliens and all these things but not any of the supernatural stuff from the Bible and I just would like talk bad about Christians like it was awful it's kind of like Paul in the Bible like I'm learning about this you know Paul, Saul who became Paul and he was like blasphemizing Christians and all this stuff and then God blinded him for a couple days this is an axe and then like he got his he took the scales off of his eyes and he saw well I literally like looked back and I was like oh God took the scales off my eyes like that's really what has happened to me but yeah yeah <laughs> I love that yeah all also, in my book. Has, all in my book. <laughs> have you? Have either of you ever heard that poem? Um, I think it's called "If I Were the Devil." No, no. I don't think okay. so. It's like it's, Elon, I'm I mean, surprised you haven't since you've been to the church of Saint. <laughs> since I was the devil. <laughs> you know, yeah. since you didn't. You go to the five yourself. You told us that last time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. Oh my gosh. I have to. I mean, I have. To, I have to send yeah. you that picture. It's me sitting on like the, the actual Baphomet. Yeah. Ah! And that was, again, yo, I mean, it, gosh, it was a time in my life where I was so freaking lost. I mean, I probably was my lowest of low again, like, and, and that, this is the thing that 
why we talked about this offline, like why I have compassion for people that aren't awake? Because for me, I always prided myself on being this open-minded person. I was searching for the answers to try to help myself. I was so lost. I didn't know what was up and what was down. And when I was trying to dig my way out, what I was really doing was just digging myself a bigger grave at the end of the day. And I kind of just like, my mom got really unbelievably sick. And so I was taking care of her. So I couldn't do anything but do that. And so I'd smoke a ton of weed and watch a ton of Netflix. It it was my way. This isn't like a release or like a distraction. Like this was my way of like completely disassociating from life. And so in my watching of Netflix, the first thing that I, I used to love documentaries, love, 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 I love, I still love them, but mm-hmm. on Netflix, there's always an agenda behind documentaries. And if you think about it, Netflix is the biggest propaganda machine of all time. It's in millions and millions and millions of people's home. If you don't think for one second that every little millisecond of a script, a commercial or whatever is not thought out, best believe it is for a reason. It's pushing a larger agenda, but the first, um, Oh my gosh, this is the first documentary that I watched was the, uh, crap, what is her name? The Spirit Cooking Girl. Oh, Mariana Brockovich. We crushed her on my Not So Secret Society's podcast. Oh, I I couldn't, yes, I absolutely 100% believe that. Um, So yeah, the the documentary was talking about like how great of an artist she was and all of these amazing things. And then the next thing was like, okay, now you should watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like I love spooky, blah, blah, blah. Watch that. And then it's like, okay, the next thing that you should watch is this um, documentary on the Church of Satan. And I'm like, hell yeah. And they made it seem that the Church of Satan was really an act for freedom of speech. If the Christianity can have the the, yep. the Ten Commandments on a um, state building, why can't Baphomet be right next to it, right? So it's all talking about freedom of speech and how it's so important that everybody should be represented, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I booked a trip to Salem with my girlfriends. The Church of Satan was like right there. I'm like, of course we have to go. I just watched this film and one thing led to another. And now I'm literally like, I have a picture like sitting on Baphomet thinking how cool I am. <laughs> You're a freedom of speech okay. warrior. Okay. Wait, yeah. Wait. I'm a, I'm a freedom the, of speech warrior. The bride exactly. of Satan. Is that what that poem you were just going to tell us? The bride of Satan. Oh, okay. Bride so of I, I was, yeah. Anyways, so anyway. so no, you, we can take that. We can take that out too. No, no, um, it comes. So this no, is, it ties this right is, in here. I just put it in the chat, but this is the quote that I was thinking about as we were talking, but here's like the full transcript. And I I've heard of it in the past and it was like read out loud recently. And it's just so spot on to like everything that's going on right now. Um, but this was just read. Are you going to read it or do you want me to read it? You can read it. Okay. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. (sighs) Wow. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good. And what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our father, which art in Washington. Ooh. Yeah, it's like a whole list. So that's just like the one that was most relevant. But I sent the link to it. was like from mm. um, 1965. I'm gonna, I'll post that in the stories yeah. when I drop the podcast. Everybody listening can can check that out. Um, literally, like the, that whole to the young, I would whisper the Bible is a myth. That's what I would say. And And I grew up in a home where... My parents never once talked to me about God, not once. And bless their hearts, they didn't, that wasn't in their lives either. Their parents didn't do that. What, you know, 
Um, but the only things I knew about church was going a couple times with friends. And, and again, like I say, churches, I think a lot of them are corrupt. I'm just going to say that. Like they may be this led. Definitely. We got these Joel Osteen's mega churches. There's a lot of things. I'm not saying all of them, but it disgusted me and it kept me away. And I started thinking the Bible's just myths. It's just tall tales. It's a game of telephone that's yeah. been going on. No, because the word of God, like God is protecting his word. God created this place. Like he's got, he can protect his word. Like it, it's amazing when I came out that I was reading the Bible to some friends, like how many of them were like, you know, it's missing and it's been edited and all these things and all these things. And it tried to, it almost made me like not want to read it again or walk away from it. But it was like, God was talking to me and he was like, yeah, but you're going to read this book and then I'm going to work with you in your head and show you how it, you know, it's this, there's this relationship that you have mm-hmm. with God when you're reading the Bible. It's a living book. It's It speaks to you. It's not just the words on the paper. It's how you, they, you take them in and you see it applying to your life, like how I threw out that Ecclesiastics, nothing new under the sun. It meant something to us in that moment because of what Vila was talking about. Totally. Like you, you yeah. Fracture the word of God. <laughs> and then, okay, so par- I'm reading um, this, what what is this called? The it's called it's Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil. Okay, if I were the Why devil. Did I okay, call so it here's the Bride of Satan. I was just calling Vila <laughs> like the Bride of Satan. <laughs> I love sitting it. on the Baphomet statue. Yeah, no, I seriously looked like the Bride of Satan. Just oh, goodness. You're okay. smiling really big. Like, no, it's like it's dark. What are you having uh, in I your horn? I I literally look like Lord Croft. Yeah, One yeah. Eye. <laughs> no, I literally posted that on Instagram, thinking like. Nicole, you remember? I do. Yeah. And this is before we were like friends again because we hadn't talked in a while. Yeah. Because like we, you know, when you're, when you go to college, like you move away and then you just kind of like lives separate for a while Mm -hmm. and you just haven't reconnected. It was during that time. So what did you think when you you remember what you thought when you saw, did you think anything you saw her on (laughs) that? I I mean, it wasn't. I, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I just thought like, you thought, I'm going like, to have a podcast with her one day. No, no I, I mean, like, I All wasn't right. like, I didn't feel like judgy about it. I was just like, I don't know. It was just like, it struck me, but it wasn't to the point where like, I'm not the type I'm kind of live and let live. Like I'm not the type that's going to like message someone and be like, what the fuck are you yeah. thinking? Or like, yeah. you shouldn't be doing this or that. Um, and in my mind, like I've always had this rebellion spirit, right? Like fuck the system, fuck mm-hmm. what people think, whatever. and. It was just the wrong energy. <laughs> like, it's that energy that I still embody. It's, you know, why we've named this podcast yeah. Matrix Assassins. We have this, Nicole and I call it I've big assassin, it. big assassin energy. Like, we've always had this type of energy you, you that both, really. You really do. You're both like badass bitches, like totally. Yeah, 100%. Beautiful, too. Oh, just thank to let you. everybody know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, totally like, um, yeah, like the girls in your logo, which I love. I, when I made my Secret Society's podcast logo, I'd use some art for it. I didn't make it, but it reminds me a little bit of your, like I was inspired a little bit by your logo because you guys have you two, like it looks like you two kind of animated like on there, like badass, bi- pretty bitches, like fighting the Matrix. I love it. Anyway. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Anyways, this was a segue, but I want to, here's a snippet of this poem and then um, it says, and then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors and how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction, and I'd tranquilize the rest of them with pills. Yeah. 
It literally so. touches on everything. Like when you get a chance, read through the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's like spot on. Wow, that's literally yeah. like what's going on. It kind of it's it's literally what's going on. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. wild. Like you just it it's this is like Satan's lair, like Lucifer's lair, whatever you want to call it. The darkness. Um, you know, if I want to name it, but kind of seems like that. I'm like, what am I doing here? Why did I come live on Earth? This place is <laughs> dark and 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 sinister and it's 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 tough you know like i've been i've been going through like so you know i i i realize how much now i'm actually doing a deliverance right now have you ever heard of this yeah i i don't i think i did one on my brother oh wow nicole the deliverance prayer that you sent me yeah so you're doing like is it so i'm working with actually uh my friend um eyes on the right i'm she's working she runs my bible study you guys are interested hey guys this bible study is super fun we're going over the days of noah it's fascinating Mm because it's just fascinating stuff yeah because we're like living through them yeah literally like it's it's it's, it's just (laughs) like people it's like we're in it You've been programmed to not read the Bible. It's fascinating. Like if you're a history buff, you're in a conspiracy, you want to get with God, you want to have a better life, you want to know what's going on. It's interesting. Have things to quote, read the Bible. But this basically like I feel as though like because I have these again, I'm using quotes because of lack of better words, psychic abilities and open my and for 39 years blasphemized God and Jesus, um, you know, basically I was like kind of the spirit of the antichrist in a lot of ways essentially because if you're either one or the other kind of it seems and i'm not saying everybody's antichrist or anything like that it's just like things i was doing like um opened me up for a lot of spiritual interaction opened up a lot of portals in the spirit world so like yeah that's so fun that i can like i can channel like i could do all that i don't do that stuff anymore but i like i did that accidentally all the time like on psychedelics and saw things and did all this stuff and at the same time, it goes backwards where the darkness can fuck with me. Like I've been, mm-hmm. I have had a hard life mentally. I have had suicide ideation since I was 16. That's a voice whispering in my head to kill myself, mm-hmm. to do horrible things. Um, I had ha- massive anxiety and depression, which I realize now is really just a spirit that overcomes you. Cause you're right. We don't have our baseline on anxiety. There's something else going on and spirits, demons, programs, call it what parasites. You want. Parasites, yeah, exactly. Sure. There's so many different. It's it's coming. Netflix, Netflix guided Netflix, Netflix demon of Netflix. Yeah, guided you to yeah, that man. place. Frequencies, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, frequencies. so this oh deliverance gosh. that I'm doing is to basically like confess all my kind of sins or all yeah. things I've done and just just get it out. And it's long. It's bringing me to tears it's great it's but i go through and i fill all this out and then i'm going to go through with my friend and we she's going to take me through the deliverance of it and because i'm i'm looking for change in my life like i'm telling be honest like it's been a rough couple months like i almost feel like someone like me who was such a non-believer to do such a 180 like dude the darkness like activated me like i got active mm-hmm. i got activated like hard like i think they were shining me up to be loose first toy to work and help bring the new world order in in a weird way i didn't even realize it but then at the yeah. last second i was like hey god pick or jesus came and pulled me out and i'm like now i'm with the god on the narrow right path and they're attacking me you hear a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about this when you, yeah it, i think it happens, like from what i've heard it can happen a lot at the beginning um, like right like, when you get baptized, there's yeah, like a lot of attacks. Yeah, a lot of yeah. Didn't that happen to you, um, Nicole? Like, I, wasn't there some? Yeah, it did. I feel like earlier on it did, and every yeah. now and then, like it can happen, and I know when it when it does. So it's it's nice to know that it's not like sometimes it's not just anxiety. It could be like a spiritual attack, and then you just you you know how to counter it. 
Absolutely. differently. So instead of like popping a pill, you know, like you could do like a deliverance prayer or yeah. something different, but yeah, it's definitely intense. And I know a lot of people have experienced it. Wow. I love, I love talking about that. I didn't realize we were going to talk about this. Isn't I'm on my notes, but I love that we're talking about, I just did a little like keyboard thing on my notes uh, that we're talking about this um, because it people, I think people, the more I, I was afraid to talk about God like this and to talk about the Bible and Jesus Christ and all these things. Cause I was, I was, people are going to run away from me. Just like <laughs> I was repulsed by all of it. Like it's not cool. Yeah. Never, but yeah. the more I have been sharing, like, honestly, I kind of feel like I'm like, I'm getting so many messages from people I can't even keep up where they're like, I've gone that through that too. Oh my gosh. Thank you for talking about this because I was able to see this in myself or I love hearing your story or I'm praying for you. And that would have made me vomit in the past. Don't pray <laughs> for me. Don't, I don't want that prayer. Now I'm like, please get pray for me right now. Like I could take it. I'll take all the prayer, you know? When I was going through like these dark, like the darkest periods of my life, these were periods where I was very into new age type things, trying again, like really trying to heal myself, trying energy, crystals, psychic readings, Reiki, all of those things. And when I picked my head up, I realized I have never been so unhappy in my life. And it wasn't until finding Nicole and her helping me with the Bible and going back to church. And finally, you know, I always talk about like cleaning up my water and getting sober and trying to do all of these things. But I prayed like God, it was a miracle that I got off of the Klonopin. It took me two years to do. And by the grace of God, like that happened. And that's something that I probably don't talk about enough either because I'm afraid that it's like this cheeky thing and what are people going to think? But yeah, you're totally right. Like it should be talked about a little bit more. And that shit was a miracle. And God really <laughs> helped me out with that one. And I so you just almost brought me to tears there. Like that's, that's how it works. That's, mm-hmm. that's how it works. You get saved from something like that. Like, yeah. And it, that's how it, God really, I was deep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you were talking about taking Klonopin to go to sleep and stuff like, or, you know, basically like, I was like, wow, how did she get off? That's a really, truly a miracle because that's when you're taking something for sleep. I think that's really hard to get off of. You were taking it for sleep, right? As well. Yeah. A, a benzo, it's a benzodiazepine. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like your Xanax or your Klonopin. And if you try to taper off of it, you get seizures, you, I mean, I remember just having like these insane, insane mental breakdowns because of these intermittent withdrawals. I wasn't popping them all the time. I would take them for sleep. But then if 12 hours went by and I didn't take one, I'd start to have what they call intermittent withdrawals. And so you have to be so careful with these withdrawals that you have to taper. I mean, you're like shaving the pill and weighing the pill to taper down. And so it took me such a long time to get off of them because I'd relapse. I just, you know, it'd be two days without sleeping and I, you know, I would take the freaking clonopin. And then the second you take a full dose, you have to start the taper all over again. It is, I honestly do not know how I didn't go to a rehab and didn't go to a tapering facility to get off of these meds. Isn't it wild that they're just like prescribed so freely and that's never discussed when you go on. You are only, yes, you are only supposed to be prescribed this for like four months. I was on it for six years and I've saw so many, this is why the, the mental health industry and, you know, just the, 
twisted labyrinth. We just talked about this. The twisted labyrinth of the medical matrix is so fucked up because not only did not, you know, every doctor I went to, they just refilled it. They didn't even think twice about, you know, this girl is having mental problems and she's struggling, but she needs her clonopin. They weren't like, this is the source. And mm-hmm. instead of trying to take me off of meds, they just kept adding another one on and adding another one on. And then I just, yeah, it was like literally our stories are, are so similar off. Velo like mm-hmm. all our awakenings happening fast having to get off pills coming to God and I just want to finding like, your baseline yeah, yeah yeah and Nicole like it's so beautiful like uh, my my bible uh, eyes on the right who's leads my bible study says we all need a Paul and we all are a Tim to someone and Nicole you're like Velo's Paul and she's your Tim because you like I, I heard you, I want to hear more about this how Nicole helped you come to church and read the Bible during this time and pray Nicole can you tell us a little bit about how you kind yeah, of say I mean, like I, Paul kind of yeah no I was the same exact way you know I wasn't I, I was brought up in a Catholic like a Catholic home my dad was actually Jewish my mom was Catholic and they had to make the decision like which they kind of let me choose and I think I chose Catholicism and I never like resonated with it I I think I saw through like how ritualistic it was and how there isn't like an actual I never felt like the relationship to God like I feel like we were never encouraged to read the Bible even though it's read like during this you know like during the sermon like I don't even know what it was called anymore in the Catholic church whatever the eulogy mass mass yeah yeah girls know mass yeah <laughs> and so yeah. I think yeah. ritual I, we know yeah, of course exactly yeah and so I just like was really repulsed by it but I still went through I still went through like all the steps like I went all the way through confirmation and then after that like I just kind of walked away from it all and just never really returned to it Um, And then I had like my own spiritual encounter. I think it was almost four years ago. And I think it's because I was around, I was in Texas visiting family and there's so many people of faith there. And I had never been around that many at one time. Um, Living in the DC area, you know how it is. It's like probably- So that's what that poems, our father would chart in Washington. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. Um, And so I just kind of, I think I saw like a keyhole into what life is like in people who have faith and like how they're able to like overcome so much and like put, like turn so much over. And I think there was a part of me at that time that was like, I really want that. And I was staying with my aunt and uncle who also used to be like really into the new age as well. But then they came to Christ, like, I don't know, like 30 years ago. So they've been Christians for a long time. And we, I would stay up like super late at night and I would talk to my uncle about like theology and we would just like have these conversations. And I think like through those conversations, it finally just like hit me at one point. And I, he kind of explained to me, um, I think it was sort of like, it was sort of like you, he, he explained that you have to make a choice in your life. It's sort of like you, while you're alive, like you have to decide where you want to spend eternity. And like in the past, I would, I would think of that as being crazy. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like what, like, this is so like horrible that you're telling people they're going to go to hell if like, they don't make this decision. But like, we were just having this conversation and he kind of explained it as you have to make that choice at some point in your life. Like you're going to be confronted with it. And I told him how, like, you know, I really want to have faith. I just don't have it. Like, I don't know how to find it. Like, how do you just like, is there a switch? Like, how do you turn it on? (laughs) Turn it on. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I I want to, but I just like, I don't have it. So I don't know, like, I don't know, like how to go forward with it. And so like, I, I had an experience, like, I think because I wanted it and because I was seeking it, like it finally happened. And it was literally within like an hour of that conversation. 
So that's how it happened for me. Um, And I think the way that it all aligned was just that, you know, like I started posting more about like my awakening in a sense. And like, I started to make the connection to um, how, you know, like the Bible and God is like so suppressed in our culture. And like, like you mentioned, it's sort of finding your way back to it and realizing that it is the bottom of the rabbit hole in a sense. Yeah, like once it really you get is. There, once you're ready to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you get there and then you realize like it opens your eyes to so much more, like you all of a sudden like have discernment overnight and you can like discern spirits. the discernment. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. It's just testing so, the spirits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My spirit so would have tested before. <laughs> I feel like we use discernment when we have podcast guests on Ooh. and we're, and like whether to have them on or not, kind of like utilizing that discernment. And also throughout some of the podcasts, like there'll be things that I feel like Nicole and I will click and like feel, and then we'll talk about it afterwards and kind of be like, that was interesting. And yeah, so it's like, being able to it's like intuition but also discernment of whether yeah. this is totally no i love what you're saying because i never i knew i didn't have any discernment i mean I, like i said my spirit wouldn't have tested though for you mm-hmm. know when i when i even first started this podcast and I, i'm not saying i had guests that i wish i didn't have or anything well maybe in some but um <laughs> yeah. but I took those episodes down Ooh, spill that tea baby <laughs> but it, it's just it it now though even like when I was having, we'd been talking about having you guys, you guys on for a while. It was going to maybe be uh, like a month ago, but things kind of happened now. And um, I remember just asking God a couple days ago, like I'm thinking these girls, right? They're, they're good to have on, right? Because you, we don't all talk about this stuff out loud. You don't really know where people are, but here we are. Here we are. And I love you guys so much. We have so much fun. And also, wow, wow, that we're having this moment talking about God and how we really are all going to heaven. We've chosen heaven. Because that's the thing I heard. God doesn't send anyone to hell. It's a free choose choice. It. You yeah. choose it. And when someone told me that, I was like, oh, that oh my still God. blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you what guys, I got me too. Like combos he, make I need to go to church. Like when he told when he told me that he was basically like, you basically decide, you know, like you decide your eternal state. Like you're either going to always be in the presence of God or you'll be eternally separated from God. That's the choice that has to be made yes. during a lifetime. And you're like one heartbeat away from that choice. If you don't make it now, you know, like it's kind yes. of like when it's put to you like that, it's kind of like, you know, and then once, once you make that, like, I realized once I made the choice, like I had no idea what I was doing, but then like everything falls into line and it's sort of a sequential thing. And then the more you learn, it's like, our whole lives are a sanctification process. So you're not expected to be perfect from day one. It's sort of like, you have to like walk that out for the rest of your life. And the other thing that I always thought was so cool is it doesn't matter when it happens. Like everybody still ends up in the same place. Like it could happen like on your deathbed. And even though you didn't live the life, your whole entire life, you still made it. Yeah. Which is so cool. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anybody's interested in, because enjoying coming to the Bible study, it's on Zoom, and I'll put a link um, in my stories about this. And I'll send you guys, but it's like being in a church because there's like forty people that come. And oh wow, right? yeah, and, 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 and my friend Eyes on the Right who leads it, she's a, she's a, the nicest person in the world. She's amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen her account online. It's all like crazy similar, like lazy Lady Gaga and showing her neck. <laughs> guys, look, that's a male to female or whatever. And like, <laughs> she, well, she's just like I, I thought I had her on. What it was is someone recommended she come on my podcast last. Gosh, last May when Jesus came into my life, and uh, 
literally like I didn't thought it was a man gonna be a man coming on and we came she came on the zoom and it was a sweet like woman and I was like she's like a teacher and like she she said she was even like kind of skeptical of me because I was so new agey in the way I was talking and all this stuff and I and I get it like I get it I had to I'm editing my book um like changing the voice you know changing the tone but like she came in that's how she came into my life and she just kept coming back on the show we stayed in touch she didn't give up on me and I give her so much credit she's like you know how nicole was for you velo like eyes did that for me and like she's like i say like we joke i'm her tim she's my paul and she leads this uh-huh. bible study and she's amazing she's so she's mm-hmm. hilarious she doesn't drink anymore either she was a big partier too like, <laughs> i love it we're, we're all not boring <laughs> christians aren't just boring people you guys we're like the coolest no. people ever and we're going to heaven and we're gonna like have this like eternal like life it's amazing god who creates everything so come on join the party but this bible study is beautiful because we come on and we give our prayer requests and she we say a prayer she says a prayer and we pray for each other and i am learning about the power of prayer and i'm telling you this like process this deliverance process i'm going through this sanctification process is intense but prayer i have a prayer journal now i talk to god when i need to i read scripture when i feel an attack coming on i text my friends please pray for me i'm not ashamed to do that kind of stuff anymore and the the second i text a friend i need prayer right now and I, they respond i feel you feel it mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's powerful for sure yeah Wow. Okay. You want to talk about transhumanism now? Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> you know? Definitely. You had author Elena Freeland on, right? Oh, yeah. She's an OG. She's yeah. got a ton of great books. Like, I love one of them is How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, mm-hmm. and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. Like, yeah. It's a mouthful. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about All this. of the titles are. Yeah, let's talk about what you, what you ladies have been learning about transhumanism because it's an interesting agenda. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's it's just so huge and it's so interconnected. And one day when I'm motivated and I have the time, I want to read like all of her books from cover to cover. I haven't had that chance, and they're extremely long. Like I think her they're really long, like over yeah. six hundred pages. Six, her newest one was like six hundred pages, or yeah. Um, I don't know. And maybe what we'll do is like, we will maybe do a book club and, and do yeah, do a book club or like every three chapters, like whoever's part of the book club, like Alana can come on and like answer questions, which I think would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Super She's cool. A badass. Yeah. Um, but I guess like to sum it up, I mean, it's a huge topic and it's happening in so many different ways, but it, I think it starts with like the geoengineering. So obviously with what we've seen, how the weather has been impacted. And I think that's a conspiracy that sometimes is hard for people to really take in because it's sort of like, how can you control the weather? But what really impacted me was when I looked back and saw all these patents that have been going on since like the early 1900s. And then I saw an actual like government um, paper. I think it was from like the United States Air Force talking about like controlling the weather by 20, 30 years. I, I forget like the exact title, but if you actually like dig deep enough, you'll find it. And I've also heard the accounts of like different whistleblowers who um, are aware of it and have spoken out against it. But anyway, like she gets into that and talks about how the earth is being terraformed. And, yes, like, and, it sure is. Mm-hmm, and there's like <laughs> nanoparticles. Yeah, they come and there's na- the it, nanoparticles. Yeah. The nanoparticles. And there's are some they, that, that argue, they're mostly spraying is nanoparticles. Like from the like is that how they nanoparticles how do they how do the nanoparticles get into us and into the terra firm mostly 
So it it's sprayed and then it gets into the environment. So it can it can end up in the food. It, it also can like cross through the skin. So people ingest it, um, breathe it in. Um, there's different ways like that. They talk. Vaccines, she's talked about. Probably. <laughs> so that's a huge piece. Like that's like the ultimate conspiracy yeah. that is being like investigated now by some. Some claim that it is like a step towards transhumanism because um, they. I guess there's like receivers, like some people claim that they found like receivers in them and that it can communicate with something external and that, you this know, is project, part of project Bluebeam. This is one of the steps of project. Bluebeam. It could be. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah it just, it goes so deep. I don't know. Like I've read a lot about it or like looked into it, but it obviously on the face of it, it sounds like batshit crazy, but when you really get into <laughs> it, it's not like, it's actually, it's not something it's, I would lead with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I go from God. Let's talk about transhumanism. Like, I like really want to talk about. But okay, okay, so one thing that okay, so with with the whole trans agenda, like I have this this feeling that it's a way to program us towards accepting transhumanism. So like if we, you know, if we allow like the genders to be, you know, like go into this trans direction where like a man can become a woman, a woman can become a man, and everything in between, especially with like the cloning that goes on and like with using parts of animals in medical procedures and all that, I kind of see it as like, it's a slow fall towards Mm -hmm. beginning to accept like different races of humans based on, you know, whatever's decided upon. No, absolutely. I mean, it's got that, you think about etymology too, is a good indicator of things. It's got the word trans in it. It's probably part of the transhumanism agenda. And, uh, you know, just, and I, um, this guy, Jason Kristoff, I want to read this. He says, this is about transhumanism agenda, but with breast implants. What you don't know mm-hmm. about breast implants, the first step to transhumanism was yeah. media mind control geared toward tricking women into placing artificial toxic material inside of themselves. Always a mind control program to downgrade natural humanism and upregulate a female's self-hate to the point where they destroy themselves and their natural human function while believing they are thinking and deciding matters for themselves. Mind control is always about doing as the controller wants while believing your decisions are organic to yourself. The people tricking humanity to beg for an end to all humanity are pure evil in human form. And that's like, again, the gender that I've... Never questioned my own gender, so but I am gonna kind of. I was you should always say, well, I can't speak for other people. I'm just gonna speak for other people right now and say, because okay, I'll speak about myself instead. God's like, no, Kara, don't do that. I believed I was bipolar. <laughs> I got told I was bipolar. I don't believe in these conditions anymore. I believed mm-hmm. I was bipolar, like, and I believed it was my decision mm-hmm. to take this on, to take these pills. It was doing. I was taking it on. Well, I kind of feel like the a lot of this this like kind of questioning your gender like you got to look at mind programming and mind control and you start learning about the agendas and just like the breast implants as jason says like the trick here is is you get people to think they're making the decision for themselves yeah yeah. and just how much it's emphasized in school now too you know like we that is just insane yeah and also like how it's being woven into disney and like all of you know even cereal boxes like i've seen you know like they've put a lot of that on like kids cereal boxes too and not only that but like knowing about like the chemicals that are being put in food like we know with like atrazine and stuff that can change people's um behavior and biology in a sense where they might not have as much testosterone yep. obviously like there's there's been such a decline in testosterone too god I where's the alpha male yeah. Where yes. all the alpha males go testosterone yeah. is like at a historically just l- absolute low 
And you you see the lines that are being blurred. We had Matthew LaCroix on our podcast a while ago. I forget which episode, but it was an insane episode. And he mentions like before the fall of almost every kind of civilization, what happened right before that was like the inversion of genders. Mm-hmm. The perfect and being. Thought, this goes back to your your was it Baphomet, right? Baphomet was a male, yeah. female, yeah. Moloch, mm-hmm. all of these beings yeah. out there that are male, female, and that's why, like, I'm gonna say it. I believe Lady Gaga is a male to female. I love not just her. Tons of these celebrities and my not so secret society podcast. We really call this stuff out, and we point out the tra- like the trans agenda stuff in children, like you were talking about in the cartoons, and even the pedophile like stuff kind of sewn in, and the pink and blue like mind programming with colors, like is also to get mm-hmm. us to accept mm-hmm. this stuff. It's it's like it's because like I was saying earlier too, like we believe in uppercase g god highest to high but these people that believe in these lowercase gods like malak or baphomet they literally like their perfect being is balanced male female both and transhuman yeah. i mean that's what they're doing definitely and i even feel i mean me myself have have been affected by this inversion of, of gender you know thinking that i am this boss ass bitch that is supposed to be in the corporate world hustling and all of these things and i you know it's it's best that i am being independent and making my own money and i you know the thought of being with a stranger for eight hours a day while my kids are at home and, and and all of these things. And so for me personally, what also what I'm trying to learn is like the embodiment of what a feminine woman should be and feel. And that is starting to become like reawakened within me because for so long I was so rigid and so in my masculine. This is actually kind of trippy. Like I was so in my masculine that the only types of men I was attracting were feminine beta males, oh, right? Really? Because, wow. Right? Because yeah, yeah. opposites like attract. Energy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Your energy like totally just yeah. gets thrown off. So in yeah, my life- because there's a balance in that relationship. That's what, yeah. Right, right. And men, you know, take the, like this role reversal. And what I had well found- <laughs> Exactly. And like what I had found in like these, because life is all about patterns. Once you start to look at the patterns, you can figure out what the universe keeps or what God keeps giving you and, mm-hmm. and how you have to change that in order to up-level yourself and like up-level your life. And the pattern that kept arising was I keep attracting these feminine men towards me. But I just thought the problem was within these like feminine men. It wasn't, hey, like you're the problem because you're too masculine. You got to fix that. And so really like even inverting like and and trying to get back into my feminine, I'm in the best relationship I've ever been my entire life. And things are really good, but things were inverted for a while. And, you know, we had to yourself an alpha. Found myself in Alpha. Wood chopper, yeah. Right. You're gonna need yes. one when things are falling. Yes, you know, we're gonna need Nicole's garden and we're gonna need your alpha. <laughs> and polarity, like the art of polarity is so fascinating. I'm trying to get somebody on the podcast to really talk about it because it's so fluid. Like sometimes like things can get inverted really quickly. It's an art form that is a give and take and that you always have to work on. And I just find polarity and attraction to be just really fascinating. Like the idea that, um, you know, if you are too, if both of you guys are embodying the same energy, if both of you guys are too feminine, there is no attraction. You have to be so polarized to feel that attraction. And I think like 
this transhumanism agenda, not knowing what is male and what is female and what is up and what is down has really like messed things up from like a relationship standpoint, yeah. from a creation standpoint. Systematic too, just like with the systematic of the family. I think it's like the end goal is to have people that are basically genderless so that they no yeah. longer have children and have they're children. more controllable because the family unit is always so strong and people will do anything for their family. But if they don't have that, then it's sort of like they're much more controllable. So it's sort of like it's being steered in this direction. That's like very Alice Bailey. Yeah, yeah. you've heard of that. I heard the 10 point plan for the new world order. I think it's woman Alice Bailey. But it's one of the things is destroy hmm. the family unit is one of the and debase art and all these things going on right now. Like it's yeah, it's interesting. We're gonna be doing a podcast on secret societies next week, dropping all about this. The love it. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to tune in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, check it out. Um Let's talk a little bit about some tips on how to emancipate yourself from the matrix. And because we, I mean, this, it's amazing. We've been talking already an hour and a half and I was like, well, we're talking an hour and a half. I won't keep you guys too much longer. And it's flying by. And I could, and I, I know it always does. Well, I, I will absolutely be having you ladies back. You're like, I've got yes, some people who you. are my like kind of favorite friends to have on kind of, you know, collecting these, these friends. You guys are girls are definitely girls. I'm not gonna call you you guys. You <laughs> girls are definitely on my list, but let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's, each of you kind of let's talk a little bit about some emancipation, uplifting wit, things to leave our listeners with. Well, oh, I feel start. like, <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things to emancipate from. I, I think it's a process. Like, obviously, I, it seems we've all basically emancipated ourselves from the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I think it's a choice and just realizing that it's something that doesn't serve you and it's something that you no longer have to give your energy to or participate in and that each of us have a lot more power than we realize. And like when we take on that self-responsibility, we can find other ways to heal ourselves or other things to not participate in in order to continue like this forward journey where we don't need the pharmaceutical system. Obviously, you know, if like you lose a limb or something, there's a place for it. But as far as like being stuck in this regimented you know, like you have to go to the doctor every year and like get on this drug for the rest of your life. Like there's ways around it. And by educating yourself and learning from others who know how to heal themselves or heal others, it's a way of like divorcing yourself from this system that really isn't there to serve you unless you're in like a majorly acute situation. Yeah. Cause it's Rockefeller medicine. Like I learned about Rockefeller medicine and how Rockefeller came, he destroyed uh, like healthcare, like into, you know, he started like coming in and just like, nope, no herbs, no alternative medicine. This is mumbo jumbo. Um, I'm going to give grants to universities that teach my agenda. And um, he started like cancer starts coming out, making petroleum based pills and that weren't good for people. And he creates the cancer institute so we can keep all the truth about, can- you know, and how suppressing cancer- the treatments yeah. that actually yeah. work. And, mm-hmm. exactly. and I remembered reading like they went over and, and looked at um, other cultures and like how they used medicine and they realized like, oh, well, if we can just take like one molecule from this plant or do this or that, like we can patent it and then we can sell it and get rid of like what actually, you know, like people have been relying on for, for centuries, like all throughout human history. Like how did we make it this far without pharmaceuticals? You know, exactly. obviously like there was a wealth of knowledge. I love that how you think. Time. I love how you so think. So true. Yes. 
exactly like people i mean and you read the bible too and it's like you're hearing that people like uh abraham lived like 600 years and Noah lived like 500 years these people it's like yeah. people are like oh, I can't, i'm not gonna believe that mm-hmm. well but guys we're being terraformed now we're being turned into transhumans with nanoparticles we've got sickness we've got chaos magic going on with the medical field where they're creating an ill a disease and then they have the solution to buy us and hook us into it and control us so that we yeah can- and then i think like so it's like, yeah, the disease is created for the vaccine. The vaccine's created for the vaccine passports. The vaccine passports are created for the wallet to be connected to the digital currency. And then at that point, it's like end game, you know, like then yeah, the behavior yeah. is completely controlled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, emancipating definitely. yourself from the healthcare industry is huge. And it's definitely like something. Yeah, girl. I'm going to put our hand in there. It's and, uh, huge, but it's also hard. Yeah. Yes. Nothing good in life ever comes easy. That's right. You know, totally. No. And, and I love that you say like you were praying and like, it's a miracle that you came out and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's really like how, like it's what you were saved. And in that mm-hmm. process, you weren't just saved from Rockefeller medicine, that trap forever. You, God came and saved you and pulled you out from the church of Satan from literally from Baphomet's arms. And <laughs> I know I'm never gonna let you down on that um but um yeah I, I lost my thought there I was just I think you did send the picture I feel like I had keep getting a vision of it and like I may have you posted two stories or I might put I don't know yeah I might have posted have it, it again though totally okay um okay what girl what are your some of your tips for emancipation I think coming to the realization that we Our human bodies are the most advanced technology to ever take place. Our bodies are so amazingly brilliant and we are so amazingly brilliant and our bodies are not meant to break down. We're not meant to be perpetually sick. What's going on is we are being perpetually sick in a very sick society And it's time to really emancipate ourselves from the system and the beliefs that we need other people to tell us what's wrong with us. And we need other people to tell us how to fix ourselves. Yes, we have to find out the information through others, but we can be our own healers. And it's really important to understand that we have the power to do that. But in order to do that, we again, like have to figure out what our baseline is. And so my, a few tips, and this is like the motif for me, I kind of like get on these, like, this is my manifesting generator, like obsess over (laughs) something, but. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you guys what your human design was because you both did an episode on that, but. I'm a manifesting generator too, Nicole. Yeah, so you get it. Like, you know, we, I know, right? So, yeah, you get it as like a manifesting generator. Again, you and I are both the same here. We're so similar, girl. Yeah, we're very, very similar. So, my thing is like, figure out one easy step to take yourself out of the system, whether that's like in in a means of detoxing your body. It doesn't have to be so insanely hard, like maybe just cleaning up your water. Just trying to defog your life so you can figure out your baseline and and start to hear what your body is telling you because your body tells you so many different things. Sometimes your body is telling you things in the form of pain. And here you are, like you're going to go to a pain specialist and try to figure out and like how to treat this pain, but the pain is emotional. And so it's just 
I'm going on a tangent here. So yes, oh, finding your baseline is, finding finding your baseline is is super, super important. And if you found yourself to this conversation and you're an avid listener of Let's Be Friends, you are smart as hell. <laughs> you're way too smart and way too brilliant to not figure out how to exit the matrix and and just by listening to this episode, you are miles and miles and miles ahead of so many other people that are still sleeping. That's, I love that. Like totally. Yeah. And I love that you say just one thing, start with one thing, pick one thing. Cause it's a lot like, Oh my God. So it, is, <laughs> yeah. it is so overwhelming. And I'll tell you, I am lazy. Yeah. Like I think it starts slow. Like for me, it started with water and that was, I don't know, like almost 10 years ago. And I think like once you master one thing, it's sort of like, okay, what's the next thing. Right. And you just pick it apart in different layers and just like implement different things, try different things, like cut the stuff that doesn't work, add the stuff that you find that does work. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you real quick. You said water. I just got a Berkey system. I haven't Woo! put it to the Code okay, Matrix. Good. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, Code I got, Matrix. I <laughs> yes. And uh, I, uh, shoot, I just, I didn't buy it with like your code or anything like that. I just got it. You could have gotten 15% off. Yeah, and they're expensive. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just, I haven't set it up yet. And I was like, I'm going to ask the girls about this, make sure I've made the right decision. And so, yeah. Cleaning Did you up- get did you get the black and the white filters? So the yeah, black the fluoride filters? and okay, good. I got yeah. the fluoride okay. filters and the chart. Yeah, yep, totally. And like, nice. I heard it's good for a couple of years. And I, because we've, because I'm not like going to drink the tap 10 water. Years. Yeah, it, yeah, I've honestly like I haven't even changed mine. There's ways that you can l- make them last longer by priming them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I think like maybe this year I might replace them and like keep the old ones just just because like, like I feel up. like they still yeah. Um, it's good for like, like that pill, too. like that pill you never took. Yeah, exactly. Have it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. You're a squirrel. You got that like stashed away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So like, I love also that you're saying like, I mean, listening, like just know, like you're hearing this information you're going to be emancipated from all these things that we're talking about, just because we're all part of this conversation together and none of us are alone. And I just want to say, <laughs> I love this. Like, remember God doesn't send you to hell. You choose hell. If I'm giving one to emancipation, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, don't choose hell. Cause you're talking to someone who accidentally did for, like I said, 39 years, I didn't realize it. And I'm going through a lot right now, like coming back way to, to keep it light. Yeah. Way yeah. to keep it light. I always have to, at least I didn't cry this episode. Oh my God. You guys have that picture on your grid of like, crying in the matrix or something like that like me crying oh this is oh, yeah. and i think yeah, i posted literally. my stories twice because i was like <laughs> this is me still this is me still so it's so it's been so much fun hanging out with you girls and laughing you guys have made me laugh so much girls have made me laugh so much i gotta stop saying you guys uh it's like a bad <laughs> whatever. yeah whatever right it's just it's, a word you know who cares about gender? I mean, I can't define. It's so hard to define gender. I'm just kidding. That well, you're not a biologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you a fucking biologist? Like, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> oh my god, girls! I love you so much. Thank you for coming on. Let's be friends. You're welcome. You have a place here anytime. And I would love to meet up with you girls in real life and not yes, just be definitely. meta friends eventually. But thank yes. you for coming on Velo. Thank you for coming on Nicole. I love you girls so much. Everybody, check out the matrix assassins podcast check out their website too it's matrixassassins.com correct yep. 
and you have tons yeah. of awesome merch. And the last time we did an episode together, and I'll post a clip to my stories again and link to your merch. I was wearing my sweatshirt, my Matrix Assassin sweatshirt, and so many awesome things. Support these girls. Check out their episodes, their podcasts. They have the most amazing. You guys have the most amazing guests. Like literally, you all have. Oh, and they spend so Wait much till time. you see who comes. We have on a good lineup. Next, we have up. an incredible lineup, and we cannot wait to launch these episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to ask now, but I won't. I'll let it be a surprise. And ladies, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you.